This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hey, all cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Podcast. My name is Josh, and I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Josh, I'm fabulous, and happy to be here with our annual, we do this every preseason, our top 10 tips for FPL success. And uh, you and I both really love recording this episode. It's, it's you know, it's, we were talking about this before uh, we started recording, but in some ways I feel like it's kind of like, a, it's like a greatest hits of our podcast because it sort of takes all the themes that we talk about throughout the year, all the sort of bits of strategy, whatever I think and you think is most important to, it's, I mean, it's success is defined very broadly here. Right. Uh-huh. It's like, you know, how to do well. Right. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, both of us have had a lot of success. We also are friends with people who have had a lot of success who have given us advice that we've included in this podcast. But both of us are also really focused on actually enjoying playing <laughs> fantasy. Yeah. And I'd say that that to me is is something I think about almost as much as I think about being good at it. And I, I don't think those necessarily go hand in hand. Although when you're having a really good season, it's very easy to enjoy fantasy. When you're having a bad season, you can still do it, but you do have to work a little bit harder uh, to, to find a way to enjoy it. And so that's, that, that, that is one of the themes that we will talk about in, in today's episode. Absolutely. Make fantasy fun again. That is the motto of always cheating for this season. And that's right. we're going to try and take this episode slightly differently. So we we change up the 10 tips every season er, ever so slightly this episode we're going to revisit our 10 tips from last the beginning of last season and we're going to just kind of judge whether or not we we followed those tips last season if we learned anything to augment those tips heading into the 2021 season that's what we're talking about today i I think we don't need to do a ton of preamble there have been some you know there's some some news in the works uh tiago silverstein with chelsea uh um, lots of stuff happening next week's pod we can talk more about players and obviously you know we'll be revealing our game week one teams and all that stuff uh but i think we're still especially with with you know i mean just so many 
uh, you know, so many transfers to let yeah. be made. It looks like we finally know what's happening with Arsenal. It looks like uh, they're they're going with Leno as their as their full time keeper. Uh, it looks like Emiliano Martinez is going to get moved on to another club, possibly Leeds. That was that's the talk I've heard. Okay. Um, so you know, but we'll talk about all that next week. Right now, let's just let's just skip most of the preamble and just do a quick thank you to our newest Patreon supporters. Uh, and Brendan, I'll just, I'll just, I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm feeling the fire right now. So You're in the keep, flow, Josh. Uh, yeah, I'm in flow. So <laughs> just, yeah, get out of my way. Uh, I'm going to thank, uh, our newest producers, uh, Nicholas Vernadakis. Thank you so much to Nicholas for, uh, becoming a new Patreon producer. Uh, and a bonus shout out to our favorite gin and tonic drinking producer, <laughs> Carrie Swanson. Uh, thank you, Carrie, uh, for your support. Uh, both of our new producers are going to get our newest make fantasy fun again t-shirt uh and you and i are still going back and forth on between green and blue i don't know which one we're <laughs> going to go with yet but yeah shirts are coming and uh are you going to share the design have you shared it i guess i shared it on twitter um but i, I guess we'll probably have to post something on our patreon page soon right yeah we'll we'll post to slack and the patreon page the official shirt design which uh our patreon supporter Joachim actually came up with a very talented designer himself so uh yeah maybe so you put it out on twitter which color do you like best i think now we put it to the actual patreon supporters Mm -hmm. for a vote is it green or is it blue so we are so close patreon supporters to those t-shirts uh your voice will now be heard yeah it was really the classic brag tweet you know, it was like, I didn't, you know, we were, you know, a little feedback would have been nice, but it was really more like, how cool <laughs> is this shirt that's coming? Um, anyway, let me think of a couple more producers quickly. Uh, Soham Rajpara. Uh, these are Lords Royal patrons. Mike Funder. My name is Kira. Francis Moore. Uh, Pookie patron. Uh, Nick Loveland. Matt Dance. And Chris Day Carey. Chris Day Carey came back as a patron. So thank you to Chris. Um and if you want to say thanks and support the cheaters um, and get access to a you know, ton of different stuff, including the Always Cheating Cup, which we've decided to move to Game Week 5 because there's just, just too much going on at the start of the season. So uh, we have our, our first ever FA Cup style competition, uh, which is going to be kicking off in Game Week 5. We'll talk more about that later. But bonus podcast, I actually just posted a bonus podcast a couple of days ago. Um, and uh, you can find uh, access to the Slack and yeah, all, all that stuff. It's all it's all on Patreon. So go to patreon.com slash always cheating uh, to learn more and say thank you. One last message before we take a break and get to our top 10 tips. And this is about our good friends at Fantasy Football Hub. Fantasyfootballhub.co.uk. They are your one-stop shop for all your FPL needs from stats to tools to articles and strategy. The Hub also has a new mobile app, so everything you can access on the Hub via uh, your website, you can now have in your pocket with their mobile app. Access great fantasy minds managing today. They're sharing their teams and strategy through articles and videos. We talked about this last week, Josh. Are you an article man or a video man? I'm a proper article man. By the way, what's the difference between a stat and a tool, Brandon? Is there what what is the what is the biggest difference there? Is a tool like a like a thing you use yourself and a stat is something you read? Is there like a like a level of agency involved? Yeah, sure. So, yeah. So the the stats that you get at the hub are straight up Opta stats. So that's just naked data. Some people out there are equipped to just look at the data and understand what it means or use it, um, bend it to their will. But if you don't think like that, much like me, there are tools that you can use for player comparison. So I want to know the the real difference from an FPL point of view between Mo Salah and Sadio Mane and 
the uh, the hub will basically just uh, synthesize all the optostats around those players and give you visualizations and numbers and tips as to how a player might best fit into your FPL squad. Got it. Okay. So if people want access to that, they can go to fantasyfootballhub.co.uk slash always. And if they do that, they get 25% off whatever tier they choose. Thank you, Brandon. I, I took over your ad read there. Sorry about that. I uh, I couldn't resist. I think the the flow so that you the flow that you've been <laughs> within that you've been surfing for the opening of this podcast continues. So let's see if we can keep that momentum going into part one with our lessons learned. Sounds good. Talk to you soon. All right, Brandon, we're back. Ten tips, lessons learned, advice for the new season. We're collecting it all and revealing it, discussing it at the very least on this week's podcast. But Brandon, before we even get into those ten tips, a bonus, a bonus discussion. Let's call it. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, just a question for you: What do you think your style is like? It just as you go into the season, as you think about the kind of fantasy manager that you are, what kind of manager are you? Like, how do you approach fantasy? Do you think, do you feel like you're a person who has a philosophy or a, a thing that you want to do going into a season? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, for all the Star Trek fans out there, maybe I'd describe my style as Vulcan esque. Uh, maybe I'm ruled by logic, um, a little too much, which, which can stymie my creativity. I think that I would like to learn how to be a more creative fantasy manager, but I'm always compelled to look for the logical choice, to make the logical decision. And um, sometimes that's a, sal- that's a salve, like at the end of a bad game week in FPL, and it didn't go well for you, at least you can sit back and say, well, logically I made the right decision. So <laughs> right, it can't really right. be my fault. <laughs> it's an illogical game. What can you do? Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, I, I I love talking about the theory of uh, it's FPL is not luck versus skill, it's systems versus moments. And so you use a certain level of logic to build an FPL squad that has a a system. It is a system that opens you your your opens you up to moments, and those moments some would classify as luck, but basically big points hauls by um, some of your key or marginal players. So. That's that is my general thought process. How about yourself? I think my style is a little different. It's, it's maybe a little less um, um, structured than yours. Um, I actually think that the biggest thing for me is, and this is a, I think it works well sometimes, and it, it, it can really hinder me sometimes. Which is that I think, to be completely honest, I'm a bit of a glory chaser when it comes to fantasy, and <laughs> right. and I either want to be doing extraordinarily well and have everybody admire how well I'm doing. <laughs> or I want to be making incredibly clever and creative transfers that that when they come off, everyone can't believe I was bold enough to do it. You know, it's like a, there's a real, like, I, it's like an, there's a bit of an ego part of it to it. And, and I think that when, um, and so for me, and when I think about, you know, you're talking about like a, when I change your approach going this season, for me, I think that, the easiest way to do it is to, is to do well, as opposed to making brilliant transfers that no one thought of. Um, and so I am going to try to be slightly more conservative at the start of the season, because I think I have a little bit of like, you know, like Tiger Woods famously only came back to win one major ever. It was like, it's actually the last major he won when he was, um, he, every major that he won up to the last one, he was either ahead or leading going into the final day. Uh-huh. And he is, he's a great front runner and he's not great when he's chasing. He takes too many risks. Um, he just leaves his game too wide open. And 
that is the style that I have uh, found myself in, so, mm-hmm. which is that I'm either, I've, I have three finishes in the top 2000 overall, right? So three great seasons. And I've got a, a, you know, a handful of ones that are, I mean, I have one that's like properly bad, right? Like 600,000. And, and then a, a few others that are, that are a little more just kind of like whatever, you know? And so for me, I, it's really important that I get off to a good start because mm-hmm. if I'm, if I'm playing well, it, it sort of, course corrects for me a little bit or something like it, keep, it keeps me playing well. And so I'm going to try to be a little more um, conservative going into the start of the season in order to hopefully put myself on that track. Okay. Well, let, let's, let's jump into the actual 10 tips here. And we've peppered these tips with some tips from you, the listener and some of our Patreon supporters. And I think as we discussed them, Josh, if there's anything about last season that you think might actually um, either bolster or hinder these tips let's chat about that so the first one our first tip is simply the template never lasts so when we say template that means those highly owned players that you're talking about josh sometimes you look at other people's fpl teams and you think my team looks exactly like them how is this a game how is this fun but the fact is the template never lasts the key to having a successful fpl season is operating fast so you can adjust before the template changes again because when the template falls apart it reforms into something different and if you can be ahead of that curve you will uh, finish with a great rank so yeah josh i think you had this experience last season a a lot of managers did with timu puki like he came on strong in game week two with was it a hat trick against newcastle Mm -hmm. and suddenly it looked like he was going to move into that budget striker hole in the in the fpl template but how quickly did uh puki fall out of favor and if you hung on to puki for too long uh you lost ground and if you if if you could kind of spot that happening earlier than other managers and ship Pookie out of your lineup, then that was an advantage for you. Yeah. I actually think you were, so I, I got on Pookie really early you know, before going into game week two last season. So I, you know, I was able to bank the hat trick when his ownership was pretty low, but I also held on to him for about five weeks longer than I should have. And I think that you actually were, you dropped him early and I, I, yeah. I kind of remember, I remember it well because you dropped him right before he got, I think it was a goal assisted three bonus points at home to Man City. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, oh man, I'm like, I'm, I was like, I'm, I, I remember where I was, I was at Governor's Island when this happened. And uh, what I was a tracking, it, tracking it on my phone. I know, because I'm a, what, a, what a great, what a great husband and father I am, just tracking me <laughs> this staff, tracking this match. Um, and uh, but I remember thinking, oh man, Brennan just dropped Pookie. He must be so pissed. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm not around it right now. Uh, but then, I feel like he blanked for the next 35 game weeks in a row. Yeah, it was right. like he like right. never had another return. And, and the other part of that, yeah, the other part of that out. story was that I had brought in Jamie Vardy. Uh, right. And, and that was right when Jamie Vardy started to, you know, uh, started his, you know, meteoric rise. And this is a long anecdote just to, to, to prove <laughs> this point, but um, it, it was hanging on to Pookie uh, a lot of, prevented a lot of managers from finding another striker slot where they could fit Vardy in. Um, so those are just things that you have to look oh, for. Brandon, I can make this story longer because there's a point here that ties in with, with the, with the preface that I was talking about. You actually kind of did go 7,000 RPM early on last season because you dropped Pookie smart, 
but you also decided I don't need a Liverpool midfielder. Oh God. It's, yeah. You know, and that, and so you went, <laughs> you went full Maverick and yeah. I think, you know, the, the Pookie move was good, but you went a little too far. And I think that cause you brought in Vardy. Awesome. Worked out great. Drop Pookie. Awesome. Worked out great. You know, long over several weeks. Um, but then, yeah, but you, you, you sort of decided you're going to go all in on one particular team. And I think that was, uh, it was man yeah. city, but they're just, they're, they're so tricky, you know? Yeah, it, it it is true. And that was definitely a lesson learned by the end of the season. Liverpool is such a funny team, right? You think, well, they're not going to score nearly as many goals as Manchester City, but you do forget how just bloody consistent they've been for the last yep. two years. And um, that really was the downfall, I think, of my overall rank last season. Well, on that on that note, uh, let's move on to uh, uh, piece of advice number two, which is be patient but not passive. Know the difference between smartly holding your nerve and passively losing control of your team. Uh, a couple of notes here from some of our listeners. Uh, Beery says, "Wait until your last the last minute to make transfers." Or in our, our case in the U.S., Brennan, uh, before we uh, stumbled to bed at you know at whatever <laughs> one a.m. Uh, Friday night. Um, Josh Frost says, uh, try to have two free transfers when possible. I actually don't know that I agree with that. We can talk about that more in a second. Um, it says the flexibility they bring when used together makes them worth more than two individual transfers. Actually, let's go right to that one first. Do you actually think that, that it's necessarily true that you should try to have two free transfers whenever possible? I actually think last season, you know, as we're talking about this hindsight thing, I think you actually embraced that strategy almost too much, right? I felt yeah. like there was, you, you held on to two for a very long time. Yeah, that's why I'd put the the finer point on not being passive as opposed to being patient in this mm-hmm. tip because I think I confused patience and passivity last season. But yeah, I often found myself with two free transfers because I'd look at my team and I'd think, yeah, I think I'm okay here. I think I'll take the patient approach. And as each week went by, it just felt like I wasn't actually playing FPL. I was just kind of like watching FPL on a TV screen. So um, I just I just think patience also involves a certain degree of involvement. I mean, I agree with yeah. Josh Frosch in that there's an incredible feeling going into a transfer window where you've got two frees. You can be a lot more creative with moves that you make. But sometimes what that means is, you know, those coworkers who are in the they're always in the office late and you and you either think, is my coworker always in the office late because they work really hard or are they in the office late because they actually don't get very much work done during the day? Mm-hmm. And so they have yeah. to stay late to finish what Scramble. they should have gotten yeah. done. Yeah. Um, so I while two two frees are great and it provides flexibility, I think that sometimes it can mean that maybe you are not making enough active decisions in your team in the meantime. That's so true, by the way, the work thing. I mean, I know nobody works in an office anymore uh, in this, yeah, in this right. pandemic time. But yeah, it, it does feel like uh, like some of the hardest people, like the hardest working, most accomplished people in my office were people who left at like 445, you know, and yeah. it was like they had to like catch the ferry to New Jersey or whatever. But it was like they were just done, you know, they just worked hard the whole time. And yeah, then I'm like, I'm six fifteen for me. And I'm like, Oh man, like I totally screwed around. I was on Twitter too much. Uh, I was like watching I Stoke, Stoke V Newcastle, uh, at 3 PM at my desk. <laughs> right. uh, where did the time go? Yeah. We've all been in that position where we're too guilty to leave because we know yeah. how little work we've right. done that day. Right. right. All right. This is, this has nothing to do with fantasy, but I, I think you're right. I think, uh, patience, not passive. Honestly, you could just cross off the first part. Just don't be passive. 
yeah. right? Um, you know, if you just say don't be passive, then um, that then you you can still be patient, um, but it doesn't. Um, yeah, I think I think you're right though. I think um, yeah, don't don't fall into that trap of kind of imagining a perfect scenario when all the players that you have who aren't delivering yeah. will suddenly start delivering. Um, but because can, yeah, can you talk about the word patience just really quickly because it is a a word that always comes up in FPL strategy where managers get very frustrated. This is why patience always comes up because managers have a player like Raheem Sterling, who's had two blanks in a row. You're like, it's foolish for me to have him in my squad because he's wasted cash. Um, But I have to be patient. Is there a time and a place where patience really does help you as an FPL manager? Well, yeah, I, I think it helps at two ends of your range. I think, um, you can be there. There are probably about eight, like eight players, eight to ten, maybe, who you can just who you really should be patient with, um, because they're they're so good and so consistent, right? Mo Salah, Kevin De Bruyne, um, arguably Sadio Yamane at this point, um, Trent Alexander Arnold. Um, they're just they're worth they're worth the money, and their the record of consistency is strong enough at this point that you can just trust that they're going to consistently deliver. I mean, someone like Mo Salah is on three consecutive seasons of, of incredible returns, right? Top three overall points earner in fantasy or whatever the, whatever the word is there, you know? Um, so, um, and he has, you know, two of the last three seasons, been the one number one overall, that's a player you should be patient with. Um, you, you can be pretty sure that you're going to get returns from him. St. Maximum, you know, <laughs> at 5.5 million, you shouldn't be patient with him or a Richarlison or, uh, you know, they're, they're, you know, Danny Ings, like Danny Ings got a little hot at the end of the season, but he had a run of about 11 weeks uh, in the winter and, and early spring where um, he was not a good fantasy asset. It was it was kind of over for him. And that, that he, you know, it wasn't like we had four years of knowing that he was going to turn it around, <laughs> um, you know. And so I think those players and I think the other end is just like with, you know, four million, four point five million players, you should be patient with them because it's just a waste of a transfer. Yeah, um, right. usually to, to transfer someone who's, you know, who's so cheap. That's a good point. Okay, let's move on to tip number three, which is do everything you can to keep your mini leagues fun. Make fantasy fun again. So the important thing to remember here is fantasy is not just about you yelling on the internet or angrily washing the dishes as you attempt to avoid your family after your captain blanked. That's just not fun. And um, if if. Um, a mini league is a way to help you uh, create fun in your FPL life. That's good. But if it's not a mini league, you need to come up with something that is a weekly motivation for yourself. And how can that motivation evolve as the season evolves? Find one friend or make a friend. <laughs> like if you can't, if you, if you don't have a league or you don't have enough people, like maybe you're in, you know, I don't even know, like you know, Gary, Indiana or whatever. And you're like, I'm the only guy doing fantasy from really in Gary, Indiana. There's no work leagues or no, you know, no friends nearby. Just find, find one person or, or convince a friend to do it and just start a head to head league. Like you and I do with our, yeah. our 50 buck cup. Now, because of the new rules on, on money leagues, Brandon, that is now 50 bucks now refers to uh, actual deers uh, and how many deers we've, we've, <laughs> we've bagged in our, on our yeah. hunting trips over the years. Sure. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but you know, find, find a friend and just do a, head to head league where you just, you know, if you want to, you know, buy the winter dinner or whatever, whatever the stakes are. Um, yeah. but just, you know, you and I have been doing this for years and it's always a little something fun for, for me to have just this kind of 
well, did I outscore Brandon this week? You know, yeah. and, and, and we have, you know, we, we, you and I are both, um, I mean, I, I, you know, both of us are in like 13 mini leagues at this point. Um, but you know, the, the original one that you and I started the actual always cheating league, which is kind of the impetus yeah. for the name of this podcast. Yeah, The podcast actually was, didn't start as a podcast. It started as a mini league among, <laughs> among right. a few friends. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's, it kind of exactly proves the point. Right. Um, so the, you know, the, the original always cheating league though, is the one that I still, it's not even called that anymore. Uh, but that's the one that I still, uh, care about. And I, it's the one that I, that still matters to me more than anything, you know, like mm-hmm. give me, give me winning that league over a, top, you know, 2000. Well, I'm just, I'm like, how high do I want to go here? Um, you know, <laughs> I can hear um, you cutting the baby in half here, Josh. Yeah, exactly. But I think that, uh, yeah, having some, having some, I mean, another way to say this is, uh, give yourself some small stakes as well, because, uh-huh. um, I, I just think like, you know, at the, not to be a little cliche here, but like at the end of the day, like if you're 92,000 overall or whatever, like it's fine, but it's just, it, it feels very arbitrary to me. If you beat your best friend, you know, in a dead league, that's fun. That's, you know, there's some real stakes there. So, yeah. you know, yeah. try to find yeah. some smaller stakes. Sometimes you can just beat yourself, you know. Maybe you did finish 92K last season. The goal should be 91, yeah. 999 this season. Well, and and that's that's a good that's a good enough goal for a lot of managers. I think that's true. Um, but, I you know, I just think that you should. Uh, but it's such a long season. That, true, that that goal true. can feel really far away if you're waiting yeah, until you know mid mid May or whatever. And and like, listen, if you if you just don't have any friends, you can even convince to do it. it just put the letters FPL into Twitter, and you will find people who yeah. are absolutely dying to do a head to head league with somebody or to have somebody join yeah. the mini league or whatever. You can so true. You you can make friends in in an hour for sure. So uh, that's I'm glad you put that one near the top, Brandon, because I th- I think that one is really important. It's less of a strategy one, but it, it's it's the whole point of this is to have fun. And, uh, and that's, that's what, you know, I, I know that's, I feel like that's what you and I really, um, I, I know I try to keep it in mind when it comes to this podcast. I feel like we, sometimes we'll record a podcast and I'll be like, man, that was just like too heavy. You know, it was mm-hmm. like, it was like too serious. <laughs> and I, why am I taking this so seriously? Like it's just, it's, you know, it, so anyway, um, of course we, of course we all do take it seriously at, at times, but, um, yeah, if it's not fun, then what's the, I, I saw somebody who like quit like fantasy Twitter a couple of days ago and he wrote this like long, it was like a series of posts in a thread about how burned out he was. And it was like the season didn't even start. We're two weeks from the season starting <laughs> and people were already burned out and leaving. And I was like, you gotta like find, like a, find some smaller stakes, you know, like just, just get off Twitter, find one friend and, and do that for a while. So Anyway, that's 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 yeah. point number three. Take take us to four because I think this one is closer to your heart, Josh. Yeah, uh, pick one place. Uh, social media, Reddit, the always cheating Slack. We should put that one first, Brandon. Uh, forums, uh, you name the place. Uh, I mean, I, we actually, you know, we have a Google group uh, with people in our in our mini league that um, I think is a great place to talk fantasy too. So Google group um, to talk fantasy and stick to it. Um, and the reason, the, the main reason to do this is that it's better to build a relationship with people you trust and people whose advice you trust than to just sort of have advice that's kind of floating around in the ether. And it's a very dangerous place to be. You know, I was talking about two transfers earlier. It's very dangerous to have two transfers and suddenly start seeing names floating around by people you don't even know. And you're like, oh, maybe I should, <laughs> maybe I should Captain Sun this week. Maybe I should, you know, maybe I should do this or this. And it's like, you don't even know who's saying it. It's, you know, it's just sort of like it gets picked up and, and shared. 
shared and maybe someone had a very cool thread and you see it and you're like, oh, maybe this is good advice. And um, but in general, yeah, it's like I, I feel like I've got about eight to ten people that I like properly trust when it comes to fantasy advice. Yeah. And I think the advice, it's not that you have to find a place or a person who you 100 percent agree with their advice all the time. I think about I I still, after all these years, read album reviews on Pitchfork. Um, and if you if you if you see a review of a album and it's an a 7.8 review, maybe to me it's actually a uh, best new music album, or maybe it's just a really crappy album. I've mm-hmm. kind of learned how to read Pitchfork reviews to understand: will I like it, or will I not like it? And I can right. kind of disregard the grade that they give it. And that's what you, with FPL advice, I think when you start to trust certain people, it's less that you do whatever they tell you to do, but you start to read your own strategy, your own. Um, theories into their advice and it just kind of helps get you to where ultimately you want to go if that makes sense by the way i know that i'm getting old because the thing i enjoy most on twitter are the best new reissues like in that section mm-hmm. where it's like they just like like albums get reissued i'm like oh yeah i love that album um that's really where my where my heart is in, what's what's your favorite place. place to go so if it's social media reddit um forums what's the place where where are you spending most of your time well, I think I think for you know for us it's it's a little trickier. Um, you know, I, I'm on Twitter the most. Um, I, I think I've learned to develop a like my relationship with Twitter is a lot better than it used to be. Um, I, I spent a lot of time kind of like just annoyed at people on Twitter, annoyed at fantasy mm-hmm. managers, uh, and so now I feel like I, I it's a little. I, I try to go to Twitter more for information, right? Like it's if you want to find out. Um, who just turned their ankle in practice or who um, might get transferred or whatever. Um, Twitter is a great place to go. If you want to talk strategy, I, I don't love it. And I think that it's, um, there, it's probably like the worst place when it comes to groupthink. And um, obviously like, you know, I mean, our, our personal Slack is, is the place where I, uh, we've got a great um, strategy form in there. I don't want to do like another bonus advert for our for our patreon page but i do find it super useful there there are things you and i were talking a while ago about um fpl reddit and how there's something about them just being like you're stupid that's dumb i hate it (laughs) that sometimes like really does cut through everything else where you're like finally like someone's actually telling the truth here and i don't know if it's because reddit's like a little more anonymous or not but Uh um i do think that sometimes it is nice to get like just the straight like how how somebody actually it's not all negative of course but it's like the negativity comes through because you're like wow like everybody's been so fake nice on these other forums. Like you guys are like really going for it. <laughs> yeah, there, there are some, there are some gentler souls on Reddit, but yeah, I think for the most, for the most part, for me, the appeal of F, the FPL Reddit forum is yeah, they're just down to brass tacks. I'm going to tell you how I really feel. Um, if I have another way of approaching your question, I'm going to tell you straight up what that other way is. Uh, and yeah, I think for strategy, that makes it pretty clear. Okay. So if I'm playing this kind of style, this would probably be the preferred way. And if that's not working, here's a different way. All right, Brandon, let's go to number five, avoid these common player traps. And I like what you've done here, Brandon. You've done done a nice job with this running order today. I have to say, um, (laughs) let's, why don't you run through, let's, let's go. There's, there's four that you've listed here. So why don't you, why don't you take us through uh, each of these four player traps? 
Yeah, I think that this is especially instructive for newer fantasy managers because you'll recognize these players and you'll think, oh, is there a, is there a spot for them in my FPL squad? And the quick answer is no, no, there is not. So the first player player trap would be the Aaron Connolly. You remember the 4.5 striker for Brandon, right? Yeah. <laughs> so he, he emerged against Spurs earlier in the season and everyone thought, oh, this boy's going to get um, a number of starts under Graham Potter. He's 4.5 into my third striker slot. He goes. And this happens every season. There is a 4.5 striker who hits one purple patch, and then they become impossible to get out of your team because what happens when you take this really small price point and stick them in the corner of your squad, then you build the rest of your team um, out around it, and then it's it's yeah. going to take you at least two transfers to move enough money to get somebody more expensive than a 4.5 striker in for a player like Connolly. So that's a trap. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's interesting because Mason Greenwood ended up scoring 10 goals on the season in the end, but he was a complete trap player until we were about, well, like 27 weeks into the season or something like that. Um, There had been some talk from Ole Gunnar Solskjaer Solskjaer at the start of last season that Greenwood was going to get minutes. He was going to get starts. Look, he might actually start game week one. And so a lot of people brought him into their team and he was getting one point or zero points for the first like 10 weeks and i didn't think he had his scored his first goal until until the you know the festive fixtures or something like that i know he was he was scoring some in some of the and some of the cups but um you know so he, another trap there as well um and so yeah but Connolly obviously even worse uh, just because uh yeah it was just i can't believe i had him like i i completely fell into this trap so yeah uh, that's yeah. that's a good one let's hear the next three watch out you're never too experienced to fall for one of these traps so pay attention everyone out there the yeah. next player trap is the ngolo Conte. this is probably the most well-known player trap so you need to stay away from great players who are in great teams and they're appealing to you because hey this is a great player and a great team Plus, they're among the cheaper players. I can actually fit Conte into my squad. However, these players, often defensive midfielders, uh, they do not win you any FPL points. Jordan Henderson flirted with sort of breaking this trap at some point last season, but ultimately he was an N'Golo Conte trap. Jordan Henderson, the greatest greatest player in the Premier League, Brandon? As voted on by the by the, uh, I'm not I'm not trying to argue against that fact per se, Josh. We're just having a straight FPL conversation. I don't sure. want to get in trouble with uh, Captain Leader Legend Jordan <laughs> Henderson. Um, yeah. But um, but yeah, anything else to say on the Ngolo Conte trap? Pretty no, you're right. I mean, I, you know, I mean, like just yeah, just use a little bit of logic here. You know, Nabikita is another player I'm I, I've heard like bandied about a little bit. I mean. To me, Nabikita is, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He is at best the eighth best player from a fantasy perspective on Liverpool. Don't waste a Liverpool transfer on their eighth best player. That is just not where you want to be. I mean, yeah, Nabikita may, by the end of the season, have three goals and four assists or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but it wastes a Liverpool slot. And this is going to be true of Chelsea as well, right? Chelsea bought like... 18 amazing players in the offseason. Yeah. Um, and you just don't want to fill up your slots with these players who are really, you know, Nebuchadnezzar too. I mean, he's not even going to be a completely consistent starter, is it? I mean, he's, he's, he's a bit of a rotation risk. So um, anyway, he's always, so that's, he's always, he's yeah, always been, I think. Um, I'm going to yeah. switch the order of the, of the final two player traps just because we are talking about Liverpool. But the next player trap is the Joel Matip. And the trap that you fall in here is you think, I actually can't afford the more expensive premium Liverpool defenders. 
So I see Joel Matip has started a couple matches in a row here, and he's a little cheaper, so I'm going to take him. But what the Joel Matip trap is, you end up going for the cheaper player, but they become the riskier option. And right. you, you, you'd you point to Matip in the Liverpool defense because you're just 0.5 or 1 or 1.5 away from a really terrific Liverpool defensive asset. So instead of trying to fit Joel Matip into your team, you need to find a way to scrounge up some cash to get Van Dyke or Trent or or Rabo. Totally great. I mean, it, it like you said, it, it does fit, fit in with the key to thing pretty well. Um, I guess Matip might be the ninth player that I, that I the ninth best player just, just yeah, behind yeah. just behind Nabi Keita. I like it. Yeah. And the final player trap is uh, what we call the Callum Wilson. Callum Wilson had such a poor end of the season that he has officially lost the always cheating moniker of the truth. Even though the it's truth, sad, he, yeah, it, it almost rem- immediately turned into a bad nickname. Like as it was coming out of my mouth, it, was, it became a bad nickname. <laughs> Even though we do, do stand by it, that that sometimes the truth does hurt. The truth is is simply the truth. But the trap with the Callum Wilson type player is you find a great player, but the problem is the great player plays on a bad to mediocre team which often means a the great player is not going to be all that great an FPL asset but more importantly that asset is probably overpriced. Danny Ings really broke the mold on this uh with Southampton during his long run of form last season but I think I'm kind of worried that Danny Ings is going to be a Callum Wilson trap in the 2021 season. Prove me wrong. Yeah, Danny Ings is exactly who uh, I was thinking of, Brandon, when you talked about Cal Wilson. I think Danny Ings has some has some Cal Wilson, the truth potential here. Um, I think, you know, Gilby Sigurds is another player like this where he came in at eight million last year. And it, it was just too expensive for for a team like Everton because those teams just don't they don't create and especially when it comes to attackers. Um, honestly, both attackers or defenders, but they just, they're not going to create enough chances for an attacker to justify that massive price. You're almost always yeah. better off, you know, for the, take the 8 million for Gilfie, put it towards, you know, 5.5 million, say maximum. And then maybe you're able to upgrade, um, you know, your mid, your midfield or your forward spot, right? Maybe yeah, that, that right. turns, um, I can't even think of a good example right now, but you know, um, you're getting Who very knows? specific like, here, Josh. I love it. I know. I don't know why I am. I'm like, I'm like boxing myself in a corner for no reason. So anyway, yeah, I, I agree with you. <laughs> a Mitro into uh, Jimenez. Okay. There, there's yeah, one for you. Uh-huh. That's 2.5 million right there. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. So um, yeah. So and, and Jimenez, I think, I think Wolves and Jimenez are good enough that he does not fall into this, into this trap category. So I think those are good. I, I wonder what other, uh, maybe we'll put this, we'll put the call out. Let us know on, on Twitter, the Slack, what are other common player traps uh, that, that you fall into because I, I feel like there, are, I feel like we can name about 20 of these, right? Like just like yeah. X player. Um, how about <laughs> the, um, the talisman on a 16 on the 16th best team? Yeah. Right? The like, this is like, like, yeah. The Trossard, right? Uh-huh. Like we all fall in love with the Trossard every season. And uh-huh. then you're like, Oh, right. But they only score like one goal every three matches. So why, yeah, right. why am I going for this player? All right, Brennan, that's, that's five. We have five more to go. Uh, so let's take a quick break and we'll get right back. All right, guys, you've counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings the food you're craving right to your door. 
Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, or the Cheesecake Factory, and many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery, too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE, all one word. Don't forget, that's BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Sundays. Sundays are coming back in the NFL with NFLSundayTicket.tv. You can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. All right, Brian, we're back. Five more tips for you. Number six, don't be stubborn, a.k.a. it's okay to admit you made a mistake. Brandon, what does this one? What does this one mean to you? Uh, what it means is, I mean, it can mean a lot of different things. Some people could say stubbornness is, I refuse to have this player in my team because I refuse to have a city player in my team because I'm a United fan. My 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 team wears a red kit, so no blue kits are going to grace my FPL squad. That <laughs> sure, yeah. that maybe that's fun for you, but that's probably uh, that's probably the death of your FPL season right there. I think more usefully for FPL managers, the "don't be stubborn, it's okay to admit you made a mistake" rule is if you make if you make a transfer and ultimately it proves to be a bad transfer, it's okay to admit that it was a bad transfer, that you read the player wrong. You read their form Mm -hmm. incorrectly and to correct that. It could also work a a different way where their managers get stubborn, where they drop an asset and say you, you drop Anthony Martial. Like you tried to do many times last season, Josh. Um, but that <laughs> player, that back. player, then hits an incredible run of form. And stubborn managers will say, "Well, I dropped Martial for a reason. I can't go back to that." Well, meanwhile, Martial just goes on an FPL rampage and is scoring yeah. points. So to not be stubborn to admit that you made a mistake means, hey, it's okay. Just bring Martial right back into your team, and you're good. You're golden. Yeah, I like Andy G, the golf pro, uh, one of our Patreon supporters. He says, uh, don't fall into the, they can't continue doing this. The He says it's the Vardy rule, perhaps. Um, yeah, I think that, that that is a, I mean, God, it's almost like the story of the season is whether you get right, the that they can't continue doing this question, right? This is, this, I mean, I can think of 10 times last season where, the, where this was a thing. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, we talked about, um uh, Marcial already, but I mean, mm-hmm. how about uh, Lundstrom, right? Uh, yeah. Started the season a four million defender from a promoted team that everyone thought was going to go straight down. Yeah. Um, picks up, uh, you know, scoring goals and getting assists and bonus points, and he's classified as defender and he's playing out of position. And you're like, well, 
I don't think Southampton or, or the Sheffield United is that good. So, and he's probably not going to keep getting starts, right? Because he was classified as a defender and they're probably going to, you know, someone else is going to play. You know, it's like you, you kind of like fall into this trap of you're like, well, he's already really highly owned and I'm, my edge now is going to be not having him, you know, <laughs> or whatever. And it's, 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 I mean, it's a mistake. Like, I mean, you know, sometimes you are correct in your assumption, obviously, but I, I would say, seven times out of 10 or I don't even, you know, 70% of the time you're better off, you know, just, just sort of just trusting that, that the player that everyone's excited about and buying is a player that you probably want to have as well. Yeah. Shout to shout out to John Robson on Twitter, who basically laid out this, this rule for us straight up. But I also just wanted to mention Jeff Waugh who put it so elegantly when the facts change, you should change your mind. And so maybe, maybe it's not that you made a bad call, Maybe the maybe in fact the call was correct, but the facts ultimately did change after you made the call. And at that point, go ahead and change your mind. Um, yeah, maybe that gives you maybe that gives you a strategic out. Listen, <laughs> yeah. I was right, but the facts changed. Okay, precisely. <laughs> I was right when I made that decision. Uh, number seven: read the rules, know the deadlines, use what the FPL site gives you for free. Uh, yeah, this rule basically says, don't be lazy. Uh, there is no there is no ignorance of the law when it comes to FPL. This is another good tip for for newer managers. If this is your first season, like the the game week deadline is the biggest moment for you. And there will be tricky deadlines that creep up on you throughout the season. So you've got to know these deadlines. You have to you have to. Do what you can to read the fine print uh, on the FPL site to make sure you're not missing any of, the, any of that information. And when you say, Josh, use what the FPL site gives you for free, I don't think we need to go too too deep into the the culture war that is FPL pricing, FPL price changes, chasing them or not chasing them. Can we talk about the Darlow thing just for a second, though? Okay, go on. What, is that the craziest thing you've ever seen <laughs> in the fantasy game? Carl <laughs> Darlow, who has not played in two seasons, is a five million backup keeper. There are like seven or eight four point five million starting keepers in fantasy going into this season, including like some pretty decent keepers like McCarthy, who are cheaper. Like Carl Darlow is one of the high end keepers in the fantasy game, the uh-huh. backup keeper for Newcastle. It does, see, it, it does seem like it's just a straight-up mistake. Going back to rule number six, FPL Towers, it's okay to admit you made a mistake. Just change his price <laughs> to 4.5. Let's do that it. That would be awesome. They were just like, you know what? We got this one wrong. It's like the, the reverse Pulisic, right? Yeah. Like, we got this one wrong, guys. Sorry. Yeah, but but just, just to flag, the prices are set now, but prices go up and they go down as the transfer market gets into full swing when the season starts. And that will change players' price tags as the season goes. There are sites out there that can give you kind of real-time information on what the price trends are. But right there on the FPL front page, they list most players transferred in and transferred out for that game week. It's a great, quick, visual place for you to see what's the action. What are other managers doing that I need to be aware of? And maybe it's not I need to get in or get out those players and do what everyone else is doing, but just be mindful of maybe those prices could shift. Maybe there's an opportunity there Hmm. with a player that I like when everyone's shipping them out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, two things that we always advocate for a little Jason says, always set your bus team. This is uh, for any new managers. This is a term that 
uh, you and I coined uh, God, like two years ago now. Um, and it basically uh, is, you know, if you get, <laughs> if the unfortunate situation happens where you get hit by a bus or let's say a, uh, an errant uh, messenger bike. How about that? It's a little, <laughs> little more mild, but it knocks you out. It knocks you out and you're in a coma, a short term five day coma, mm-hmm. just long enough that you miss the next deadline. Brandon, that won't matter for your fantasy team because you've already set your bus team. Pop on there a minute after the site updates for the new game week and just set your team for the next week. Just, And this is especially important around the holidays. Just set yeah. that team because there are matches that like the game week ends like practically like in the morning and the next game week begins in the afternoon. Like it's yeah. incredibly tight how, you know, how they, how they arrange that. So just, just set, your, set a bus team and, and give yourself a little bit of an out. So that is the practical reason to set your bus team because that messenger bike could be careening downhill. But the more strategic reason to set your bus team is you're going to be in a different headspace earlier on in the week than you are when you get up closer to the deadline. So your bus team is actually a good reference point of, oh, I was actually thinking of captaining this player at the very start of the game week, uh, but now here I am second guessing myself. Um, And maybe you'll find you'll recognize a pattern of, well, throughout the season, you would have been better off playing your bus team instead of the tinkering that you did up to the deadline. It's just kind of a good uh, place for you to see where your head was at earlier in the week and compare that to uh, where you are near the deadline when maybe you have more information or different thoughts. Yeah, I, I I think that's I think that's very true. Um, taking a screenshot of your team, even you know, if you're going to on a wild card or something like that, just to like remember, oh right, this is the team I thought I might you know have going into um, next weekend. Um, all right, so uh, three more to go here, Brandon. I like I like I like all. I mean, I we put these together, so of course I like them. But these last three, I think, are are some good ones. Uh, number eight is watch actual matches and or highlights. Um, so Brennan, why is this important to watch actual matches and, and highlights? Yeah. Lloydy on Twitter put it, put it really nicely. Watching games or failing that the highlights seeing with your eyes that a player is playing well, uh, is sometimes better than just trying to play the stats every time. So, um, you're kind of like playing real life manager in this sense. You're on the sidelines watching a broadcast or going live to a match, hopefully one day, um, right. in the, in the future and just, just using your own assessment of players as opposed to just trying to capture FPL data in stats. You kind of have to marry, I think the most successful managers marry the two stats and what we call the eye test of just watching these right. games. And it, when we go back to rule number one, the template changes and the, the key to success is being the first one to know when the template changes. A great way to be ahead of the curve is to watch games, to watch highlights packages and look, see with your eyes and look out for these players who might be uh, have form that's up and coming for an FPL pick. I think what it comes to, and I think part of the reason for this is that there are people who are really strong on stats. There are fantasy managers who are really strong on stats and um, can dig into uh, OptiData. They can dig into XGXA um, and, and really just build a case for for various players and mm-hmm. why they're underperforming or overperforming their stats, et cetera, et cetera. I think for the vast majority of us idiots out there, include <laughs> myself in that category, it is very I'll easy to it is very it's very easy to cherry pick the stat that you want. Right. So like I'll see somebody and I'll have an eye test and then I'll see a stat that appeals to me. 
And I will say, yes, I want them. And someone will say, well, does it matter that he is under, you know, that he's overperformed his XG by, you know, by three over the last seven matches or whatever? And I'm like, no, because I want them, you know. And so you can't, you know, if you're going to commit to stats, you really should go all in. And otherwise, I think I think you are better off, um, you know, just uh, just watching matches, making decisions. And here's the other reason why, Brandon. Okay, and this mm. is one that I think is hugely, hugely important. Something I think a lot more about. And something when we were talking about our, our philosophies or the way that we approach the game. Like, okay, there are certain people in Australia, New Zealand. Um, uh, was was Simon March who like famously won the league a few seasons ago without like watching a single match because he was yeah. working in Singapore, Singapore or whatever. Um, you know, there are people who can. Um, never watch a match and drive a lot of derive a lot of joy out of the fantasy game. But I think in general, you know, like you should like, like why do it unless part of what you're going to do is watch these matches, enjoy the matches, (laughs) draw conclusions about players that you like and don't like from these matches that you watch and, and put them in. And I, I just don't think that you need to be, even even in this era of and maybe especially in this era of, of big data in fantasy, um, I, I think that there's a real like path you can carve for yourself. Just being a player who makes opinions based on what you see, you know, as long as you can maintain a, you know, an element of objectivity. I mean, if you're a huge Arsenal fan and you're just like, you know what, I just think that, you know whomever you know that like like burn leno is just like the greatest keeper and you know i'm gonna build my team around having him he's undroppable whatever but you know if you can, if you can watch these matches and, and draw real um dispassionate conclusions yeah. you know about the players that you want i think um that's just a more fun way to play okay let's move on to tip number nine which is keep the anger in check seriously so (laughs) we've all been there right and fpl can drive you absolutely insane and to speak seriously of of mental health or just the general health of your household you have a bad game week and you're in a bad mental state it can impact your relationships it can impact your work and it can just prevent you from generally enjoying yourself on a weekend uh, when you should just be enjoying the fact that you're alive and part of the human race. And you have to, I think, I think one, one way you can, you can say it's not worth getting angry about is just admitting you cannot control FPL. Uh, just because this player is in your FPL team doesn't mean that you're controlling them like a FIFA character. There is not a glitch in the game. If one of your FPL assets doesn't do well, it's just out of your, control yeah oh i was gonna say i i I think you're really right about that because i had a moment last season like this this moment that like maybe everyone else is is just has came to this conclusion long before i did but i had this moment um it was like a friday night and i was i was debating you know player x and player y right and i was going back and forth in them and i was suddenly like oh right like I can't actually solve this because these matches haven't actually been played yet. It's not like it's like a, um, it's not like it's like a, you know, a a script that you're like, like predict, you know, it's like we genuinely, like you genuinely don't know who is going to perform better. And sometimes, you know, a, a, you know, a a back pass is going to go astray and somebody's going to latch onto it and you're going to lose your, double Liverpool clean sheet or whatever. And, you know, it's like, like those are just like, yeah, it's like it's like you know it's like the, the, it's like playing poker. I mean, like you know you can play perfectly and still 
and still lose. And, you know, it was like a moment where I was like, right, like, I, I want to make the best conclusion I can, but I have to remember that these matches haven't been played yet, you know, yeah. and then I just, I, I can't, I can't overthink, you know, I, or that I, I can be guilty of overthinking things here. You reminded me of going to see the M. Night Shyamalan movie, The Village, with my friend Tom way back when, when it was in theaters. Mm-hmm. And before we left to go to the theater, Tom said, give me a pen and a post-it note, which I did. And he wrote something on the post-it note and he said, put this in your pocket. Yeah. And after the movie was over, Tom said, pull out that post-it note. And I pulled it out and he had 100% accurately predicted what the Shyamalan twist was going to be at the end of the movie. I should actually reach out to Tom and see if he's interested in playing FPL because by that logic, he should be a terrific FPL manager. <laughs> right. <laughs> but a you, pretty you, good guess. Yeah. You can't, you cannot see all these, all these twists coming. A couple of tips about keeping your anger in check from our listeners. Stuart Pinn says, log out of the FPL site at least 24 hours after any particularly bad set of games for your team Rage transfers rarely pay off. And what Stuart is talking about here is player A is in your team. They do poorly. Player B is not in your team. They do great. So you rage transfer player A out to get player B. So give them at least a day's cooling off period before hitting confirm. And then Miggs chimes in the quote, have fun part has to be the most important part. If your fun is being methodical, do it. If your fun is playing the upsides, do that. So yeah, just kind of to maybe don't focus so much on the anger, focus on what it is that you find fun about playing the game. Yeah, I think that's, uh, it's something I struggle with even after, um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's something I, I, this summer I felt it, you know, um, and, uh, and I hate it. And it's something I really, I have to work on it. I mean, it seems it's, you know, I don't know. It's like, it's like, it's like a kind of, um, like madness, like, uh, you know, comes over me. And so, yeah, I think, um, I think not watching as many matches actually is kind of useful. I think in the U S um, and I think some of our UK friends will experience this. Maybe they did already this summer. Um, when you have, um, matches on all the time and you're having a bad game week already, um, just watching like match after match after match can sometimes you're like, I just spent 12 hours this weekend watching matches and I was miserable the whole time, you know? And it's, it can be a real, um, um, yeah, it's like you, you have to like just walk away from fantasy, why away from like just the Premier League yeah. uh, completely for for you know a day sometimes to to reset a little bit. Maybe just check out the new Canadian Premier League. Maybe that's what you're after. Maybe that yeah, it could be. Might could be. All right, uh, final tip, and I like this one because this is outside the fantasy realm. A good way to end things, though. Uh, it's read non-fantasy sources. Brandon, what does this mean? Yeah, I think what it means is uh, once you once you get deep into FPL nerddom, sometimes all of the football content that you end up consuming is of the FPL variety. And that's useful because um, FPL is like a, a focused beam of football energy and you kind of you need those news and your resources to help shape your FPL strategy throughout the season. But what you're missing is real life football news football news that's happening outside of the FPL community. So A, don't let FPL just like, as you were saying, 100% drown out your enjoyment of in real life football, but also B, often non-FPL football sources like press conference transcripts and things like this can help you cut through some of that FPL chatter. I know, Josh, you're a big fan of reading 
uh, either watching what video is available for press conferences or reading the transcripts because a lot yeah. of press conference quotes that you find in FPL chatter can either be taken out of context um, oh, yeah. Or just there's just too much focus put on them. So if you if you go and read the full transcript of the presser, if you're a crazy person like you, you can actually see a fuller skin, context, and, yeah, and then maybe yeah. you maybe you can draw some weightier conclusions from that IRL football yeah. news. I mean, honestly, you can usually go to the Manchester Evening News, Liverpool Echo. You know, it's, it's pretty easy to find. Um, if not the full transcript, then certainly a very thorough breakdown of what was said. Um, yeah, I think for me, um, you know, it's that, so it's press conference stuff, but, um, Jonathan Wilson, Michael Cox, David Ornstein, um, a lot of the athletic, um, Premier League writers in general, I think are really good. Uh, Sam Lee, um, I'm, I'm sure I'm missing several who are also really good. Uh, but Jonathan Wilson, Michael Cox in particular, those are my two longtime favorites. And, um, I think Michael Cox, especially, I mean, Jonathan Wilson's great for narrative, but Michael Cox is so good at explaining mm. how, how football is actually played, you know, like how, how the managers are setting things up at the pitch, how teams move in formation. And I just, I mean, honestly, I don't even know it's that fantasy focus, but I just enjoy everything about the game more when I understand it better. And, um, I, I do think it helps me in fantasy too, cause I just, it gives me a more grounded perspective on how certain players are playing. Um, you know, like, okay, now I understand where, what role, uh, Firmino, you know, you read this kind of stuff and you're like, well, this is why I don't want Firmino on my team, right? Because right. he's actually too good of a player in some ways. He's like, it's, it's, he's so complete that it hurts him as a fantasy asset because he doesn't really play like as a traditional back of the, you know, shoulder defender he's like go you know you know back back the shoulder forward he's like going way back to the pitch winning the ball setting things up and often you know there'll be a great you know goal that you know Mane assists Salah or whatever and it was all set up by Firmino and his and his you know um uh, you know winning the ball back or whatever so um anyway there's a long way of saying that um I, I do think that you your perspective on the players that you might bring to your team is is more um grounded in in fact yeah. if you read some of these non-fantasy sources it really does flesh out the world too if you play role-playing games out there i'm thinking i'm also thinking of red dead redemption too you go across the sprawling western landscape you encounter dead bodies and usually the dead bodies have notes of, attached to them you read the note it doesn't help you succeed in the game it just gives you a little bit of story about the environment that you're in and it makes you feel a little cooler uh, riding your horse around Red Dead Redemption. Um, so it's kind of like the non-FPL related content are the little stories you find around the role playing game that just flesh out the world around you and make it worth the the AAA sixty five dollar price tag that you paid for the video game in the first place. You ever played a sit down like a a um, uh, Dungeons and Dragons game? Have you ever just like sat down and played that like start to finish before? No, I got to be honest with you. I don't even really understand how they work because somebody actually has to write the rules and write the narrative. It seems like yeah. it seems like more work than doing a weekly FPL podcast. To yeah, be honest, it feels like you'd have to be in your fifties to pull it off. Like you have to know so much about life in order to pull it off. Um, there's a podcast. Oh, I can't, it's the McElroy Brothers. I can't think of what it's called right now. Adventure Zone, I think. Uh, where they just play Dungeons and Dragons. And it's a surprisingly fun podcast because it is fun to see people uh, flush their creative muscle. Anyway, this has nothing to do with fantasy, uh, much like the last uh, bullet here. 
And Brad, I think that's a perfect way to end the podcast. Play the Premier League this play fantasy Premier League this fall. Enjoy it. Have fun. But don't, you know, don't like fail to see the forest from the trees, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's, you know, it's it should just be something that helps make the experience of watching way too much sports on TV mm-hmm. more enjoyable. And that's kind of like a full stop. Indeed. Totally agree. So uh, as we sign off, just a reminder, if you like what you hear and if you want to say thanks and get more FPL content from the cheaters, visit us at patreon.com slash always cheating. Become a supporter, gain access to new leagues, extra podcast every week, our Slack chat forum, and of course, that new Make Fantasy Fun Again t-shirt that's coming. We like to thank our producers every week. So Josh, I'll kick it over to you to run through our producer credits. All right. Thank you to our producers, Trevor Ingerson, Andy Pan, Martin Savage, Brian T, the big gaffer, Bobas Kuhn, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant. Ben Grant, the forgotten producer. I feel like we never really talked to Ben Grant unless he's got one of those like FPL <laughs> right, you know, rats or nicknames <laughs> or, you know, exactly. But uh, Ben Grant, if you're out there, I hope you're doing well. Uh, James Holland, Jazz Benny, Dave Wagner, Lodal, uh, Nick Wright, Jim Payne. Jim, thank you so much for the email, by the way. Uh, Mike DiPietro, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Travis West, Victor Farberg, Skogang, Paul Hartzig, Kaya, Kirstine Lang, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Lindsay Rostell, Anton Markoff, FPLmerch.com, Carrie Swanson, Chris Howell, I hope you're doing well, Chris. Brian B., Paul Scanlon, Karen Screen, James Hurd, Francis Mann, Chris Carter, Blue Nose, Stu, Matt Marks, Michael Yuang, Bruce Kerr, Elper Paxoy, and our newest producer, patron Nicholas Vernadakis. Thank you, Nicholas. And I also want to say hello to uh, the daughter of Jim Payne. Jim has been sharing always cheating with the whole family and so we're getting some nice messages from family pain um we should start a mini league called house of pain i'm sure somebody else has already (laughs) thought about that okay so uh remember subscribe to the always cheating podcast wherever you get podcasts rate and review on itunes that really does help the pod also follow us on social media wherever fine social media is found email askhailcheaters at gmail.com or visit us at alwayscheating.com for all that information and more. Sounds good. We'll see you in a week. And I think, Brandon, you're doing a um, you're doing a, a, a bonus pod, podcast this week, right, for our Patreon supporters? Yeah, I'm on deck for Patreon pod this week. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what we're going to do, but I'm going to make it fun. I can promise you that. Make fantasy fun again. Perfect. All right. <laughs> Talk to you soon, Brandon. Bye. gang one last note before we get out of here and it's from our friends at bet online did somebody say playoffs nba and nhl are playing for the gold and our partners at bet online have you covered get in on all the action including the new nba bracket contest with plenty of chances to win mlb season is pushing into the fall and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds futures and props So take advantage of the return of sports. And remember, the casino never closes. Check it out all day, all night. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.